everybody to our first open church video service broadcast. We miss all of you very much and some of you we haven't seen now for about a month. <clears throat> it's a long time not to see one another but we thank God for this opportunity that we can meet together online and we believe that God's grace is sufficient for every one of you even in the challenges, the situations that we're faced with right now, we believe um, that God is with you and you are an overcomer. So, however, if you are faced with challenges, you know our, our phone numbers, you're welcome to call and we are ready to stand with you in prayer. Um, but we, in this time and season, we believe that God has given us a special, a special message for the church. We will, from next week, be starting a new series on the letter um, that Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, the book of Philippians, or the letter of Philippians. And he actually wrote this letter while he was locked down in prison, and the theme of his letter is joy. So we feel that this is very apt for the time and the season that we're in, and we look forward to go into that series. But today, we are bringing a message that is kind of a prelude to um, the book of Philippians, and we are speaking on joy. The key to joy is Jesus first, others second, and you last. And I will be tag preaching today. I have two special speakers who will be coming, surprise speakers who will be coming on after me. So be sure to welcome them as they come up. However, I'm going to start first by introducing the first point, Jesus first. When we look in the Bible, the word joy is found in the NIV 218 times. And that tells me something about joy, that it's a very outstanding element in the life of a Christian. And Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 10 in the Amplified Bible, it says, I came, Jesus came 
His purpose for coming was that they might have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. What an amazing um, vision and purpose that Jesus had to come and give us this kind of joy. Jesus didn't come only to add years to your life, but he came to add life to your years. He came not only to give you quantity, but quality life as well. What a good God we serve. In John 15 verse 11, Jesus says to his disciples a few days before he goes to the cross, I have told you these things so that my joy and delight may be in you and that your joy may be full and complete and overflowing. So you can see this is really an important thing for Jesus that he can give us his joy. His supernatural, overflowing, abundant joy in our hearts. That we can allow that to be a part of our experience as a Christian. Jesus himself was not only just a man of joy, but he is the source of joy himself. So when we talk about joy and the key to joy, putting Jesus first is really what it's all about. And if you feel that you're in a place where, well, you're a bit low on joy these days, there's not a lot of it in your um, Christian life with the circumstances surrounding you, I want to encourage you, draw near to the source. Jesus is the source of joy. Charles Spurgeon, he says that there is a marvelous medicinal power in joy. Most medicines are distasteful, but this which is the best of all medicines, is sweet to the taste and comforting to the heart. This blessed joy is very contagious. So guys, it's even more contagious than COVID-19. If you can let this supernatural joy be in your heart, you will never be the same and it will be contagious and reach out to many more people than the virus can do. So we need to draw near to the source. Wherever people know, love, and worship God, his love instills a joy that only he can give into the hearts of his worshipers. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, You fill me with joy in your presence. In another translation it says, In your presence there is fullness of joy. So if you're low on joy, guys, I encourage you, draw near to the source. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In the time of King Hezekiah, the Israelites rededicated themselves to God. And we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 30. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. The people's rededication, their renewed commitment to God, reignited a joy in their hearts that only he can produce. We can experience that same kind of joy when we are dedicated to Jesus, when we put him first, when we give him first priority in our lives, that kind of joy can flow in our lives as well. David in his psalm of repentance in Psalms 51, when he had sinned against God, And he lost his joy. 
When he repented and he turned back to God, he said in verse 12, Restore to me, God, the joy of your salvation. So there is a natural, supernatural joy that is connected to salvation. And when we draw near to the source of salvation, that joy begins to flow fresh again. And I want to tell you that circumstances cannot take away your joy. Only if you allow it to. But God's supernatural joy is not affected by your circumstances. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10, that Christians can be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. That means that even in, when we're in the midst of a situation that legitimately brings us sorrow, our inner joy is never taken away. The very core of our being can still rejoice in the fact that we are forgiven children of God who can enjoy an intimate relationship with the God and creator of the universe. Our joy is strengthened when we remember that no matter what the circumstances, God is with us and he is above all. Hallelujah. It is my joy and privilege now to introduce the next speaker, Samson. Please come on. Hello, church. I hope everybody is well and fine. I'll just uh, dive in into the second point, which is others. Uh, before we talk about that, I would like to read a scripture from um, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, which says, A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I find it quite funny and ironic that the most happy and joyful people are those people who put their selfish desires aside and put others' needs first. That those people who um, let go, who give themselves their lives to serving others, end up with this incomparable joy in in them. Yet again, when we when we put our own selfish desires ahead, when we put our own wants ahead, we kind of end up in this um, never-ending desire for more. You know, always thinking that maybe if I can have this one more thing, then maybe I'll be happy and joyful. Then if I can have this one more thing, then maybe I'll be happy and joyful. But the Bible reminds us again and again that joy comes from, as Lena said, putting Jesus Christ first and others second. Um, I would like to read a scripture. And before that, I would just like to say this. It seems like quite a challenge, you know, to think of this idea of putting other people first. When you think about it in human terms, it's quite odd, you know, we tend to put our own desires and our own wants before others. And it seems like, how is it possible? How can I do that in my own power? But God answers that. Uh, let's just read from Romans chapter 5, verse 5. And I really love this scripture. It says, And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That is amazing, that God has initiated, is, is, has initiated that process. He has poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. And the fruit of the Spirit, 
um, the evidence of God living in us is not for our own benefit. It is for the benefit of the people that is around us. Jesus Christ said that if you, that if you uh, drink of my water, rivers of living water will flow out of you. And these rivers are the, what spread out to the people around us. Amen. And, you know, just like in natural terms, a river, if a river's channels are blocked, if it doesn't flow, it tends, it becomes stagnant, it becomes smelly, and it becomes incapable of supporting life. Like we have said, joy first, putting Jesus uh, first, putting others second. But there are a few things, and like we saw in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, that God has already initiated that process because of who we are now as children of God. He has poured his love into our hearts to flow out to a broken world. But there are a few things that hinder this love to flow to others. And I would just like to highlight a few of them today. One of them would be uh, bitterness. Um, life tends to be difficult sometimes, and um, we've experienced broken dreams, broken ones. You know, things don't always work out as we desire, as we plan. And if we keep that, whole, that uh, unresolved pain in us, it tends to build up and and bring about bitterness. And we're incapable of showing love to others because we've built this wall over God's river and you don't allow it to flow other, out to others because we are bitter in ourselves. The second one is unforgiveness. When somebody wrongs you, offends you, it's so easy to just keep pondering on that over and over again and never actually letting go of, of that pain from your heart. And that as well breaks the flow of that river of love towards that person. Whenever you think about that person, what comes to your mind it always, is always the hurt that they did to you, what they have done to you in the past. And you know, for bitterness and unforgiveness, um, it's the same thing. We, I think we as Christians are really good at solving, our, solving the big issues that bring bitterness, that bring unforgiveness. But it's also in the little uh, things, you know. If my friend is always saying something that tends to offend me every time we are together. They're always saying something offensive. And I allow that to to take root in my heart. And I never actually let it go. Every time I see that person, the thing that comes to my mind is what they always do and what they say to, to me. And that hinders love to flow out to my friend. The third one is ungodly perceptions. I really struggled with how to wear that one. But I hope it comes out a bit clear. I was just thinking of this. You know, we tend to put these labels on other people. I don't know if you would understand. Um, if we tend to see somebody as that person is rude, that person is annoying, that, that person is um, difficult to talk to, these labels that we have over people become... Um, become hindrances for us to love them. When you think about that person, the first thing that comes to your brain is what they are like, what they do to you. And um, that breaks love from flowing. This love that God has given to us through the Holy Spirit to flow unto others. And also breaks joy from abiding in your heart because we are this web of uh, bitterness and forgiveness and ungodly perceptions in our hearts. But I'd like to encourage you uh, this morning to let those 
barriers fall, to let the, those walls fall, I love to remind myself that when Jesus Christ gave the commandments to go and love one another, it didn't base it on how people are going to act and react towards us. He based it on what he has put in us, which is his Holy Spirit. You know, it's not based on how, if people love you back, if people act kind to you back, it's based on who you are as a child of God and what he has put in you. And that allows joy to flow in, in your heart. And like Jesus said, it is so, so, so easy, and I would know, uh, to love those people who love you back. It is so easy to just appreciate the people who appreciate you back. But to love your enemies, to love those people who offend you, to love those people who are cheeky at times, who always say the wrong thing, that's where our Christianity truly shines. That's where we truly shine as believers, because that's God's commandments to us. But we rather pray for God to prepare a table in front of those enemies, don't don't we? But God wants us to... Have to clear all these hurdles from, of um, bitterness and forgiveness and, and godly perceptions and allow his love to flow out to a broken world. Um, and I would like to challenge you, this being the start of a new week, that if there's anything that you may identify with, it's not even, sometimes it's people that have really offended you, sometimes it's even from your circle of friends. If, is there any bitterness in your heart towards something that you've always wanted and have not achieved and you've not let go of that pain? It's still harboring in there and you're still feeding on it. Is there any unforgiveness towards somebody, a friend, or who did something to you and you've not let go? Every time you see that person, that, that's what comes to your mind. That's what channels your reactions towards them. Is there any ungodly perception towards another person, a believer or unbeliever? Do you see them as being this person and this person, and it hinders you from uh, loving them? I like to challenge you to allow God to break those walls down and to allow God to, um, to open your heart and to reveal to you if there are any of these kinds in your, in your heart. And I would like to challenge you as well that this is the start of a week to allow God to speak through you to somebody. It might be somebody that you need to forgive or somebody that you felt bitterness against. To Just call them, send them a text, send somebody an encouraging message, you know, just to strengthen them, to encourage them as a fellow believer. And this really goes a long way. It's so funny that we never, that we don't put, um, we don't encourage ourselves don't encourage fellow Christians as often. So I'd like to encourage you this week that you may just do that. If there's any bitterness or rage in your heart that's unresolved, let it go. And just uh, be, what's the word? Just do something. Be intentional and just do something as an act of love towards, not even maybe towards a family member, maybe somebody who has offended you, somebody who hasn't, but just be intentional about doing an act of love this week. Thank you so much. I would like to encourage uh, Rachioma to come to the pulpit and share the last point with us. Thank you, Samsung. Hi, everyone. How have you all been doing? I know it's been a while since we saw each other. So hi, church. Hi, everyone. 
Yeah, um, we're talking about joy. And so Pastor Lena has started off by talking about Jesus first. Something went on to talk about order second. And I'll be wrapping it up with you last. Okay, now when we see the you last, um, it doesn't mean that you're last, 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 if you know what I mean. It's just trying to say that when we need to put Jesus first, then we need to love others, and then we need to realize that even ourselves, we are also important, okay? So your life is important because God chose to create you and to love you. And he is actually the author of your life, and you are not a coincidence. You're not just existing, actually Before ever you arrived on earth, God already had a plan for you. So um, the book of Psalms, chapter 139, verse 15 to 16 says, My frame was not hidden from from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me, were written in your book before one of them came to be. So this scripture just clearly states that God intentionally created us. Like he knew about us. He planned us. He made us in his image, in his likeness. He purposed to actually create us the way we are. Okay. And so to be truly joyful, like to really have joy, you need to be restored to who you were designed to be. So for us to actually understand and to experience the full joy that actually a believer is supposed to have, we are supposed to restore back to who God made us to be. And so what does that mean? It actually means that we need to come back to the original intention God had when he created us. Now, when we speak about that, it's, we're talking about the new man, like we in our new, in the new creation. So that means somebody who is not a believer, somebody who doesn't know Jesus can actually not experience this joy we're talking about. Okay. So the Bible says that in, um, what's it called? In first Corinthians chapter 15, there it talks about what the gospel is because the gospel enables us to become who we are meant to be in the new creation. And so what is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus came. As a man, as you and I, he took our nature. Then he died. We just celebrated Easter. He died. And then on the third day, he rose from the dead. Hallelujah. And because Jesus rose from the dead, we have hope. And we are restored into our relationship with God. The Bible says there in Corinthians that we are reconciled back to God. So what that means is that Jesus, rising from the dead, he made the relationship that Adam had in Genesis with God, but this time around in a better way. Amen. And so because Jesus did that, now we have Christ in us and we are in Christ and Christ is in God. Hallelujah. And because Jesus has done this, we can actually walk in the joy of the Lord. There it it says in Galatians that the gift of the, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, Okay, and it goes on. So what it means is that the Holy Spirit 
now indwells in us because Jesus did tell his disciples, I'm going back to my father, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I am going to send, the father is going to send the comforter. And when he comes, he will teach you all things and he will bring to remembrance the things that I've already told you about. Now, when the Holy Spirit comes, he didn't just come alone, but he brought gifts. He brought fruits. He brought things for us. And one of them is joy. Okay. Godly joy is a wonderful thing. Like it's powerful and it is a supernatural gift from God to everyone who believes. So that's why I said earlier that when someone is not a believer, when they do not accept Jesus into their heart and restore their relationship back to God, it's actually really impossible (laughs) to experience the supernatural joy that we speak about. Okay. So now there are things that we could do that could hinder and stop the flow of this joy from our heart. And one of them is sin. Now sin comes in between our relationship with God. It interferes in the relationship that we have with God. And what what happens is that we begin to experience less and less joy. And when we begin to experience this less and less joy, most of the time we get anxious, we get depressed. We, 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 it's just as though we just walk away from who we really are. Okay. And so when that happens, what we need to do is to retrace our step back. We need to sit down. We need to reevaluate our work with God. And we need to ask ourselves certain questions like, where have I missed it? Like, what, what did I do that caused my joy to suddenly disappear? Like, is there something I'm consistently doing that doesn't honor God? Is there something or is there a way or a manner in which I'm living that I know deep in my heart that this is not in the new mind? When you discover or when you discover where you have missed it, you just need to go back to the Father. You just need to go back and you just need to get yourself right with God. And what does that mean? Confess what you've done, receive the forgiveness that is available in Christ, and so that you can continue to experience this joy that the Lord has already given us. So we do not need to let fear or anxiety to rob us of of this joy that God has actually provided for us in Christ. Because there in the book of Nehemiah, chapter Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, it says, For the joy of the Lord is is our strength. So sometimes we might actually be weak. We might be down. We might be feeling very low. But I just want to encourage you to know that the joy of the Lord is your strength. You might find yourself in in situations that you didn't plan for. You didn't think you could be in those type of places. But you have to realize who you are. Whose you belong to. And know that your father is with you. And his joy is actually your strength. And so if you're there today not knowing what you're supposed to do, not knowing where to start from, I just want to encourage you to start by, you know, remembering that God is with you. (laughs) He is in you. And his joy is your strength. And you can rise up. You can worship him. You can come into his presence. You can praise him because he's your father and he loves you so much. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you very much. And God bless you.